You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. What's up, guys? Welcome to Packers Total Access Post Game Show. My name is Clayton. You can check us out on Packernet.com. You can find me on Twitter at Packers underscore access. If you'd like to email the show, you can send a message to Packers Total Access at gmail.com. And uh, this was a tough one. This was a tough one to stomach. And I've got joining me here. Uh, also, we've got Jacob from Packernet Podcast. And um, yeah, tough loss up in uh, in Minnesota. I'd be lying if I said I was surprised, you know. This is one of the games that I initially picked as a loss. The closer we got to week one, Jacob, I was thinking, I don't know, man, I feel a lot better about this game. Of course, we wake up to the news that not only is our first string left tackle not playing, but our backup left tackle isn't playing. Oh, yeah, and by the way, our number one wide receiver has been ruled out. Um, You know, the chips were kind of stacked against us all week. But uh, initial impression from this game, Jacob. Oh man, it was a uh, it was a little bit of a heart attack pack moment for a while there. Um, unfortunately, it became less of a heart attack pack moment and more of just a uh, kind of a boat race. It was weird, man. It was um, this game just felt weird. It, uh, everything from the packages and the personnel they were using, um, the way that they rotated players in and out, just the overall feel of it. Like you said, I also chalked this up as a, a loss when I did my initial kind of you know mock of what the season would look like and there were certain things i mean lord if if we could just go back and just have christian watson catch that first pass man (laughs) just this game it's night and day i mean i literally think it'd be night and day um the amount of confidence that was lost versus what it could have you know been in that moment right there to have our second round draft pick the you know we've had a lot of hype about Dobbs, but if, if, if Watson could have out in the first play, the first play answering on that, you know, initial Vikings touchdown, if, uh, if Watson makes that catch, man, we are, 
it's just a different game and that's just plain and simple but um yeah i don't know man it was a heartbreaker but it was like you said a little bit expected so we'll, we'll move on i mean it wasn't as bad as last year week one so let's 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 build and let's move on <laughs> build a little momentum right yeah <laughs> so obviously the Vikings come out on top 23 to 7 up there in minneapolis and uh tough game but at the same time you know, given given all the circumstances, it's not a surprise. I think there was a lot of opportunities left on the field. You mentioned Christian Watson's, uh, you know, drop there. But, uh, again, man, he, he showed that over-the-top speed. And what amazed me about this game, and we're going to get kind of into the breakdown. We're also going to keep an eye on Twitter for when uh, – for when Matt LaFleur may go to the podium so we could give you guys live audio of that when that happens. But um, the thing that really caught me about that drop, Jacob, was the fact that he was so open. And I thought, okay, let's really stretch the field today. Let's pound the rock. You guys know in yesterday's episode of Packers Total Access, I kind of did a, a scouting report, if you will. And the main thing I talked about is, is stay with the run, lean on the run, lean on the run, because their run defense is weak both in Denver and in Minnesota last year. Of course, Ed Donatello comes over from Denver. And this is kind of the direction that the league's going in. You know, it's almost like they're willing to give up the run to stop the pass. And I feel like in that situation, you really need to stick with the run. And what's sad about this game is we had a lot of success running the ball. You know, we really did. And let's go to the first quarter. You know, first of all, one of the things that really popped to me was uh, was Quay Walker and uh, him flashing, you know, him, him having him on a little bit of bracket coverage with Justin Jefferson, bumping him at the line. And then uh, also just he was all around the ball all night long, Jacob. Yeah. What did you think of of Quay initially? And we'll get into the, the injury news here in a little bit. It seems like he might have been a, ba- a little bit banged up as the game ended. What did you think about Quay? I mean, yeah, man, that was probably my highlight of the game was Quay Walker. He was everywhere. And I believe, yeah, eight total tackles, seven solo. I mean, the guy, he he looked like a freight train out there. When he, when he seems to make contact, he does not seem to go backwards. He had one, I believe, initial play where he kind of missed a tackle or took a bad angle. Um, but after that, man, he just seemed like, you know, he, he, if they threw it in the flat, he was there very quickly. He can close that speed, that, that gap really quickly. Um, and again, if he is hurt, that is just a, what a kick to the gonads and, uh, Barnes, obviously you guys saw, I, I couldn't quite see, I don't, I don't think they did the replay. So that usually lets you know that it was possibly a pretty serious injury there. He got carted off, had the, uh, the air cast on and all that. So we, uh, we, we definitely lost a little bit of depth. If, if that is an issue going forward, you know, that's something that, gosh, are we calling Ty Summers all of a sudden? i'll tell you man he's on the streets right he's uh he's available he got cut by jacksonville already so isn't it amazing how you go from okay the roster set one game in you really see just how fragile things can be man i mean it's it's pretty wild um another thing that stood out to me in the first quarter um i'm just gonna say it and i don't want to be overly negative it's one game guys i'm not saying that this guy's a bust we said we weren't gonna go negative yeah but you got we've got to we've got to talk about the facts and yeah. and Stokes did not have a good game. I Stokes agree. looked lost at times. It looked like the pre-snap motion really really set him off. You know, there in the first quarter he had a misread on the pre-snap motion, took the wrong guy, and uh, left the receiver uncovered all night long. I just kind of felt like Stokes 
just didn't look comfortable in this defense. And obviously to me, I have to look at the tape, but it looks like Rasul did play in the slot the majority of the night. It seemed like yeah. he was constantly in and around the box. But uh, Stokes didn't look good, man. And let's hope yeah. he rebounds next week. But it is what it is. Um, the other thing, uh, Hanson just got absolutely bull rushed on a couple of occasions. Um, did not look great at the right guard position, which nope. Hanson is Hanson, you know. But I think you got to kind of, you know, the caveat with that, the give and take is when Zach Tom did come in later in the game, Zach Tom looked pretty solid. Um, what else kind of stood out to you early in the game, though, with uh, with maybe Hanson or even Stokes? Did you see the, Did you see Stokes the same way, or am I just being overly negative? Uh, yeah, man, I was going to say I did. And I saw Stokes a lot of the time. Like last year, what was intriguing to me was that he was – decent and showed promise in the coverage aspect, but he was willing to throw his shoulder down and he was willing to come up and make some plays where he seemed like he took some really bad angles. Um, a couple of them when Jefferson was uh, crossing across the field there. Uh, and then as well as, you know, just, he just, like you said, he didn't look like he was, that he was grasping things as they were happening. That, like you said, the pre-stat motion seemed to really confuse the guy. He was reacting, not, you know, being proactive with things. And that's definitely not something I wanted to see. Um, and as far as – who was the other guy you were just talking about? Sorry. Uh, we were talking about Stokes, and I also mentioned Hanson. Hanson looked yeah, like so Hanson got absolutely boat rushed by Zedarius, I believe, a couple of different times. And to me, it's interesting that they would be – Tom looks so good at left guard when he took over for Runyon, I believe. It's shocking to me that they didn't throw him at that right guard position instead of Hanson once they kicked Newman out. And honestly, Newman at the right tackle position – I didn't watch him a lot. I didn't key on him, but it, I don't know exactly where a lot of those pressures came from, but it seemed like it was more of the interior of the line, if I'm not crazy, unless you saw something different. No, uh, that's pretty much how i seen it as well. <clears throat> um, another thing that stood out to me in the first quarter, um, you know, Dobbs ran the, the wrong option route on yes. one play, and uh, he and Aaron weren't on the same play. Guys, there was times that, that Aaron and Devontae early in the season, and more specifically – in that Saints game last year in week one, weren't on the same page. So these are things that are going to have to get worked out immediately. The crowd from the – they should have played in the preseason come out, right? Yeah. And and they're going to come to the forefront and say, that's why you play in the preseason, guys. Well, it, It's a to totally different ball game in the preseason. We can't kid ourselves into thinking that they're getting the same looks and the same level of competition. Could it would it hurt? No, it wouldn't hurt. But I guarantee you the same people who are screaming play these guys in the preseason will be the same people that go completely hush when when Aaron Rodgers goes down with an injury, right? Yep. Or whatever. So um, but as far as Dobbs, that wrong option route, other than that, I think he had a pretty decent game. I mean, he had four catches for 37 yards. Um, his long was 23 yards, and he was only targeted five times. And, you know, what was the big talk about Dobbs coming into the season, Jacob, that we were worried about his hands, right, and the drops? Yeah. The guy looked like he had pretty sure hands tonight. But what, what did you think of, uh, of Dobbs this evening? I I liked what I saw out of Dobbs. Honestly, I wish I would have saw a little bit more. When I was initially watching the game, I thought we were going to see a lot of Sammy Watkins And we did in certain aspects, but they really didn't seem to key on him much, you know. They didn't they – didn't, it just Rogers frustrated me watching this game because he did not seem like that after that initial incompletion to Christian Watson, it seemed like that he put him in his, you know, what house that he said, I'm not going to even look at you as a read anymore. And I really hope that that wasn't the thing, but I, Rogers has that. You can't argue that he's done that in the past where if you're on his, you know, what list, he doesn't look back to you until you prove that you're, you know, 
back in his good graces. Well, you can't do that unless you give him opportunities. So in my opinion, there was a couple plays specifically where I saw him look at Watson and it wasn't enough to even take a read. Like he just basically brushed More past looking and went to see. Yeah. And then he looked and he goes, well, I see Cobb. I trust him. Boom. Throw it up there. 50, 50 ball. It's intercepted because it's Cobb, you know, and yeah, right. to me, he just needs to be a little more trusting. I mean, this is Mr. Aaron Rodgers, ayahuasca. I, you know, love trip everyone. out and love everybody. Love. So why is he now all of a sudden right away? If you're on my, you, you, you drop a pass. I look at you with that death stare. I look at the, at the sideline with puppy eyes. And we talked about it, man. After he dropped it, he looked at the sidelines and he did this sort of motion as if I told you, right. Right. And what the heck is that? Who who gets motivated from that? Which one of your teammates saw that and said, oh, you know what? I'm excited to go out for the next series, you know? Yeah. Be a leader. And, and I didn't read his lips say, I told you, but he looked. But that's at what his, his face said. Yeah. That's what he his looked, eyes said. He looked at LaFleur and went like, eh, there it is. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's what I was worried about, you know, that type of thing. But that's football, man. You can't expect guys to make every single play. God knows Aaron Rodgers didn't make every single play tonight. In my opinion, he held on the ball too long. He really oh, did. That and there was, was times that he should have thrown the ball away. And for whatever reason, he decided to take a sack rather than throw the ball away. Two yards away from the sideline and the guy takes a sack. He's outside yeah. of the tackle box. Like, I don't understand. And that, to me, when, when people start talking about that, maybe that preseason stuff, like you said, maybe it's not like the same competition, but it is gameplay. And it's somebody that's chasing after you that wants to knock you, you know, what out. And you have to have that mental, you know, processes where you're like, should I throw this away? Should I slide? Should I, you know what I mean? And I feel like he hasn't maybe got quite up to speed fast enough with that. And mm -hmm. we'll see. We'll, I mean, we look at what happened last week or last year, week one, and this was nowhere near that bad. Absolutely. Howie Long at the halftime show on Fox was like, this is worse than last year at the Saints. No, it's not Howie. Yeah. By the simple score, it's not. So just pump the brakes. Yeah. That and you had Devontae Adams on the roster and you got beat worse. So yes. I'm tired of hearing that. Exactly. You know? But we got Matt LaFleur at the podium. Let's let's take a peek in there and see what he's saying real quick. Uh Jacob, let's uh, <laughs> let's see what the coach said. Our ability to win games. So he's a guy that you gotta account for in every play and it does make it tough when there's when there's two creatures out there that are, are, are pretty good and um you know the Give them credit. They had a great scheme. They weren't going to try to give up big plays. They they definitely uh, kept a lid on on top of on top of us for the most part. And you know when you do that and you're trying to throw some big time plays that, that allows sometimes the the pass rushers to hit home. It seemed like one of the areas your offense had success was on the ground. I think there was some I think uh, anytime Aaron Jones comes out of the game with eight touches, that, that's not good enough. And A.J. Dillon, what he have 10. Amen. So, yep, um, yep. That's not good enough. After what you saw from the defense all camp long, were you surprised about today's performance in any way? Uh, you know, yeah, I would, I would say so. But you also got to give Minnesota a lot of credit. We knew that. You know, they, they've got some really good players. The off, starting with the offensive line, I think, I don't think they get the credit they deserve. I think that, uh, you know, everybody knows about the two receivers. Irv Smith's a hell of a tight end. And you got Delvin Cook and Madison to to worry about in the backfield. And, and, you know, Kirk has been playing at a high level for a really long time in this league. So that is 
on a paper, and then they went out there and executed. That's a really good offense. I got a lot of respect for Kevin O'Connell and, and Wes Phillips in terms of their ability to to coach, and I, I know where they come from. And, um, I, I know they're really great coaches, and that's that can be a deadly combination. What Dave said about the defense on the offensive side, there has been some inconsistency. All right, for whatever reason, I can't pause that. So, <laughs> so you heard Coach Lafleur there talk about uh, Aaron Jones not getting enough touches, right? And that's definitely one of the things that stood out to me. Um, going back to the first quarter, though, um, there was a really cool pressure there with Kenny Clark and and Preston Smith. Um, as frustrated as we did get at times that there wasn't enough of a pass rush, Jacob, there were times that they did get in Kurt's face. Now, the thing that I didn't like was how they were they were doing that wide rush, right? They were doing they they had a more of a, a five or a seven technique on the edge, and there was a lot of space in the middle, and it allowed Kurt Cousins to really step up in the pocket. Well, everybody knows Kurt Cousins is not a mobile quarterback. Right. If anything, you want to get pressure in his face, right? So mm -hmm. I think that was more of a schematic error in my opinion but uh again kenny and preston getting a little bit of pressure there and pat o'donnell really stood out one thing i can say coming out of this game is the punting game the special teams are light years ahead of where they were last year now granted all that really really came to fruition and came to a head i guess if uh, if you want to put it that way at the end of the season but i feel a lot more comfortable about special teams and also there in the first quarter uh, there was a Rashawn Gary sack where Rashawn Gary and Preston Smith both lined up on the same side, and they yeah. were it looked, to, it looked to me like Preston was in a four technique and Rashawn was in kind of a three technique. I mean, they were side by side. I really liked that kind of exotic uh, blitz look there. So, yeah. Um, what What do you think? Uh, what What stood out to you about Rashawn Gary? And I think I know what your answer is. Well, I've, I said this throughout the game is I don't understand what they're doing with Rashawn. Uh, that mean being Joe Barry, I saw Kingsley and Igbare and Jonathan Garvin out there. I, in my opinion, almost as much, even if they're out there one third of the time as the other two, I think that's too much. And I feel like they were out there maybe even matched. Um, it seemed unbelievable. I couldn't tell you how many times I looked up there. And if I saw Gary, then Preston wasn't there. If Preston was there, then Gary wasn't there. It was Kingsley and it was Garvin or Kingsley and Preston. And to me, I don't understand and this is usually on first down, sometimes a third down. I get it. If it was only a third and long, you want to get Kingsley in there, you know, a pass rush specialist type person. But on first and 10, if you have Garvin and Kingsley out there, as opposed to Preston and Gary, like half the time, I don't understand that. I, I You can't explain to me how that's a benefit. And if you say that they want to save them for snaps, well, that's ridiculous because we saw how well that worked. So, Yeah, definitely. Definitely. You know, moving into the second quarter, uh, again, moving Rashawn Gary around and uh, and got some pressure from Kenny Clark as well. I felt like those two guys, I wouldn't be surprised to look at their PFF grade and they grade out pretty well. You know, you had Tanyan, uh, Tanyan on, the, uh, on the crosser. To me, he looked healthy, but again, that was a player that kept disappearing. I don't know if they had him on yes. a certain snap count, you know, like a, a pitch count, if you will. They wanted to kind of ease him back into that starting role. If that's the case, that's understandable in my opinion. It just kind of caught us all off guard and it's like, why are – why are we playing our backups right now? This is we a divisional game on the road. Why are we playing our backups? If I have to see my fourth string tight end, Tyler freaking Davis, why is he out there for the bulk of the plays? Right. If you say sift block, I'm going to slap you. I swear to God. <laughs> you are tired of hearing about the sift. <laughs> I can't handle it anymore. My new hashtag on Twitter is going to be respect the sift. 
perspective. <laughs> All right. So Aaron Jones uh, made a couple plays in the flats, right? Um, you had uh, Dylan uh, having a catch out of the backfield as well there in the second quarter. Started to create a little bit of momentum. To me, their second quarter adjustment looked pretty good. It really did. You know, after the devastation of the Christian Watson drop, I really felt like in the second quarter, okay, we're starting to we're starting to cut the corner. And um, then once we got into the middle eight, it just got ugly. You know, Quay, first of all, Quay Walker was always around the ball, even into the second quarter. He's so quick, and he's one of those guys that tackles with his face. And hopefully he can stay healthy. <laughs> I mean, he literally is putting his face into that ball carrier, and he's just trying to run through him. I love everything I've seen out of Quay Walker. Never at any time that I go, oh, man, that's a big mistake by Quay. To no. me, he played fundamentally sound. He showed that athleticism and someone that I'm really, really excited about. I'm seeing in the future. Now, when we got into the middle eight, right, when we started the middle eight, basically the last four minutes of the second quarter, this is when things become really, really crucial. And what happened? You know, you had uh, Justin Jefferson absolutely burning uh, Darnell Savage, what seemed like all day long. Darnell Savage, guys, I know there's a few people out there still running their victory laps because they picked up his fifth-year option, and they're going, I told you he was good. I told you he was good. Darnell Savage is still playing like garbage, period. OK, yeah. and it amazes me. And I'm going to get a little bit heated here, Jacob, but I'm going to do it because I'm so sick of seeing people jump on Twitter and post videos and go, look, look at this awesome play Savage made here. He's not as bad as everybody's made. You pick two or three good plays out of an entire season. I could I could go down here and find, you know, drunk George at, <laughs> at the at the local, you know, Kmart hanging out on the curb and put him in a, in a in a whole season of NFL play, and I could probably find one or two plays where he did something okay and got in somebody's way. It just amazes me how people cling to that because, like, it's okay to admit, you know what, I was off on that. I have to admit it on a daily basis. I'm married. I'm always wrong, okay? It's just the way <laughs> it is. But Darnell Savage, man, I don't know, Jacob. He looks lost in his defense. Dude. Wait, am, am I am I too critical of him, or do you see the same thing? No, we, we talked about it. Um, he seemed lost. He seemed not confident. He did not seem like he could understand the concepts when the offense started doing any sort of cross motion or jet motion or anything like that. And we saw it with uh, the crossing routes. We, we didn't run crossing routes for whatever reason. They were running them all day. I mean, I should say for whatever reason, obvious reason, they, they were killing us with it. And um, – yeah, man. I mean, Savage, oh, that was rough. And uh, it wasn't just the fact that he was tentative. It was that he'd, 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 he'd be tentative in certain plays. Then in other plays, he'd cut the route way too early, like the one with Jefferson where he just took a horrible angle. I mean, just an unbelievably bad angle. And I don't know exactly what to think of him going forward. To me, it's, it's like you said, that fifth option. A lot of guys are pumping their fists, but I don't see that as a win. I think that was more of a look at who we have at safety. You know, I think that was more of we don't have much to back him up, so we're just crossing our fingers and thinking, please, Savage, come back. You know, <laughs> exactly. All right, looks like we got twelve at the podium. Let's go see what Mister Ayahuasca has to say here, and uh, see if he's got. Let's. I'm really eager to see his mood here. Let's see what Aaron's got to say. Well, never mind. Looks like we're waiting on Aaron, so we'll get to that here he's in a got, second. He's got fashion, fashionably late. Get him on speed dial real quick, uh, Jacob. Give call. I know you got his cell. Yeah, he don't. He oh, doesn't, here uh, we go. Here we go. Never mind. Got we him. got him now. Let's let's see what Bob had to say with that that new fresh haircut. <laughs> Shuffling around, got some papers on the podium. You don't have your story uh, offensive tackles out there. Um, yeah, it's not an excuse, but I mean, do you kind of say you'll be okay when when you're back at full strength, or I guess how do you do it? 
That's an excuse, so we don't like to say that. These guys are NFL players. There's expectation, whoever's in there, that they're going to play well. Uh, we had a lot of chances today. You know, I'm not taking anything away from their defense, but we hurt ourselves uh, many times, myself included. I had a lot there of to score more than seven. Aaron, last year we sat in Jacksonville and, and the people got all worked up that no, Aaron's not, you know, saying this is a total disaster or whatever. And you came out and obviously you guys were fine. Do you feel any differently coming out of this one than you did last year or is it fairly similar? Oh, no, I feel, I feel like we had a much better performance. We scored four more points than we did that day. Build <laughs> on when you compare the two. Like it's tough to win in this league, and definitely tough to win when you get in your own way too many times. So, um, felt like you know we did some good things. We maybe you know got to get some more touches for for Jonesy and Dylan. Yes. Uh, made a lot of mistakes in the perimeter, missed some throws. Um, so there's a lot of a lot to clean up all the way around. Jacob, that right there, man, that really sums it up for me. Um, you know, the Vikings there in the middle late, too, they stayed with the run, right? They went back to the run. They stayed with it. Yep. And that, what that really did was opened up Jefferson on that mid-level. Now, it doesn't help that, like we said, Darnell Savage crapped the bed, right? And, and you, I mean, you literally had arguably the best receiver in the entire National Football League, at least a top running five straight. receiver. He was just running butt naked, right? I mean, <laughs> absolutely butt naked through the trailer park. Dude hadn't, didn't have anybody around him, right? Nope, um, nope. That's and that's going to happen, man. That's going to happen, you know. And I like what Aaron said there, though. Look, myself included, he's taking yeah. look. It's on me, and I love what he pointed out there too. Like I think he pretty much said what we said. It wasn't as bad as the Saints game last year. Let's, let's exactly. stop pretending like this is the end of the world. But again, we don't have Devonte Adams to lean on, and I think that's something Aaron's got to make an adjustment. Right? He's got to adjust to how things are going to operate um, this year, and and it's just one game, you know. And you know, like like you know. Guys said in the comments on the live stream tonight, Jacob, it's true. I mean, you you don't play in the preseason. You're going to be rusty, right? I don't think it's just a coincidence that they really turned it on in week two. Now, thank, you know, thank good, you know, sweet baby Jesus that we got the Chicago Bears next week, right? Because you cannot look at that game against the Niners today and claim that the Bears are a good team. I mean, that was a sloppy mess. Trey Lance couldn't hit a bull in the butt with a mop, bro. That dude yeah. is not a quarterback, at least not right now. Um, I think it'll be a, a great, great chance to rebound next week and obviously being at Lambeau Field. But uh, what do you think about what 12 said there, man? I mean, it kind of rings true, right? I, I'd like to see him call people out, but then still, like you said, uh, be humble and say that I myself as well. Because like you said, man, I saw him patting that ball way too long. I saw him making horrible decisions. The the way he scrambled it, it wasn't like a – it was almost like he scrambled into being sacked. It wasn't like he was trying to avoid pressure. You know, Aaron Rodgers of old, he, he seemed a little – I don't want to say scared, but he seemed timid. He seemed very conscious of the fact that he didn't want to get hit. And, you know, I get it. He's 40 years old or something like that now. So, I mean, he's getting up there. But um, I, I like the fact that he said, you know, basically, it, to me, I heard we played a better game than we played last year against the Saints. If that's the case, that means that I have way more hope going forward. Obviously, like you said, tomorrow or tomorrow, next week we play the Bears. The Bears did not look good today, man. I mean, if you watch that game, they 
the Niners lost that game. The Bears did not win that game. So absolutely, I'm I'm, I'm not uh, I'm not I'm not freaking out yet. I'm in that relax zone. Yeah, I love what they said though. You know, you were missing your two tackles the day the media gave him an out, and Aaron said, "It's just an excuse." An excuse. That's yeah. all it is an excuse. These are NFL players, and I, I completely agree with that. At the same time, the fans that came into this game thinking that we were just going to go up in Minneapolis and manhandle the, the Vikings with our first, not only our, our starting left tackle, but also our backup left tackle. We were down to our third-string left tackle, and everybody likes to look at the depth chart and go, no, Yash is the backup. Everybody knows that Elton Jenkins would be the starting left tackle yeah. if you know if he was healthy, right? So. Just got to get those guys in the lineup. Now, going back to the middle eight, as we got into the third quarter, now keep in mind, guys, you you lose the, the first half of the middle eight, the last four minutes of the second quarter. Then you come out in the third quarter, you get the ball back. That's why you defer to the second half. Okay, let's create some momentum. Let's try to at least tie um, that middle eight score. And what happens? You get a sack fumble right off, right off the bat, right? That cannot happen. And that's one thing I do put on Aaron Rodgers tonight. He held on to the ball too long. Some of it was play design. You know, when you watch Kirk Cousins, when they ran play action, it was a straight drop back, step up in the pocket, deliver the ball. You had Aaron with a lot of I wouldn't I wouldn't call them traditional bootlegs, but there was a lot of moving and sliding out of the pocket. Maybe they did push the A gap. When I go back and look at the tape, maybe I'll say, oh, wow, they really did push the A gap a little bit. But uh, to me, it was more of Aaron just uh, you, you got to get rid of the ball, man. You got to throw it away. You got to live for another down. Taking a sack, I mean, there was on three occasions that I've seen he took sacks where he could have threw the ball away. So yep. that's when that uh, that definitely got me. And then also there early in the third quarter, Preston or uh, Jacob, we lost our mind. Preston Smith was somehow covering Justin Jefferson. I don't, I just, yeah. That made me think Joe Barry was on ayahuasca. I'm just being honest. I was like, <laughs> how, how is Preston Smith covering Justin Jefferson, right? And, yeah, and Rasul yeah. was kind of flying around, right? You know, he was he was screaming in the box, making tackles. I thought Rasul played pretty good, especially against the run. There was one time he kind of overshot the tackle. But I'd rather, like I said on the live stream, man, if you're going to make, mistake, make mistakes, make them big. Just don't – you can't leave people butt naked. And you can't just kind of play scared and timid and on your heels, right? Um, then, of course, we had the uh, – we had, to the best of our knowledge, it sounds like John Runyon left with a concussion, right, Jacob? I believe so. Yeah. yeah. And we had Nixon go down. He had made a great play. I think it was on a third and short, or maybe it was a fourth down, even. And then it looked like he separated that shoulder almost immediately. Yeah. It did not look uh, did not look good. And then, gosh, we had Barnes go out. He, had, like we said, we had to get the car out for him. So it went from bad to worse real quick once that. Um, second quarter was done and we went into the fourth it just it just kind of seemed to snowball a little bit and i don't know man it was just weird the personnel packages again i want to touch on that it just even ryan i know commented everything from the offensive weird packages it seemed like we were you know in the defense the, the way that we were rotating guys it seemed like we were i don't know man. i don't know what to think um i'd love to hear barry at the podium and see if he has any questions about that and like you said it's weird that the packers media they're all sitting here talking about how much? How many yards that uh, that Jefferson has, and how this streak of Rodgers has been broken? Why are you asking questions that actually will help us better ourselves as a as an organization? Like I don't know, you know, like I said, why isn't Tanya and why isn't Gary? And is this a conditioning issue? Is this a a health issue? What is this? And right. I, that's that's the frustrating part when you're watching the game live. You don't actually know what's going on. That can really really be frustrating for me. But uh, 
Yeah, I, I completely understand that for sure. Um, also, let's go to uh, there in the third quarter. You know, Aaron Jones, as soon as as soon as John Runyon left the game, Zach Tom came in to play left guard. And then you had Aaron Jones with a huge run that was sprung by Zach Tom. We all noticed it right off the bat. You know, Ryan did an excellent job on the live stream kind of highlighting that and uh, and how Zach Tom stepped up right there. So Aaron Jones had a heck of a game, man. I, I, you know, I'm just going to look at the stat line real quick. Um, probably I want to save it for the end, but guys, he only had five carries and he averaged 9.8 yards a carry. You cannot go away from him. And I was screaming it on the live stream. I was going, yeah. run the freaking ball. You're not out of the game yet. And, and like Ryan said, and I think you highlighted as well, Jacob, so many times we've seen them do that. It's like one little thing doesn't go right, and it's okay. Let's just start throwing the ball around the field constantly, right? So, uh, yeah, that's uh, that's one thing that really, really stood out to me, especially there in the third quarter. We started getting a little bit of momentum. You had Dobbs on the end around. Aaron Rodgers threw that little chip block on Z and uh, and got up in Zadarius's face. And like you said, it kind of lit a fire, and it was like, okay, now we've got something. Let's go. He's awake now, right? Mm-hmm. Um, Keyshawn Nixon, a huge third-down tackle. We were going, who is that? No, no quicker than we said, who is that? He left with a shoulder injury, right? So, um, but still a, a big play there. And then instead of throwing the ball away, that's where you got Aaron Rodgers taking a sack. And that really started to hinder everything there in the third quarter. It's just like every time you got a, a glimpse of hope, everything just kind of fell apart, right? Yep. Yep. Um, all right. Well, let's do this. Let's take a second. We're going to take a quick commercial break. And when we get back, we'll wrap up with the fourth quarter. And then we're going to go through a, uh, dive into some tweets real quick, see if we can get some injury updates. Jacob, if you have any information, you can just chime in, let me know. Um, I'm going to kind of comb through Rob Domofsky's Twitter and see if we can find some stuff. But like I said, let's take us a, a, a quick commercial break. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now. Introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy Slab Packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son, and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. Okay, we're back, and I just want to say that the uh, the Packer the uh, Packers Total Access post game show is brought to you by PristineAuction.com. Pristine's the most trusted sports memorabilia auction site with an A plus Better Business Bureau rating. Like I said before, this isn't Uncle Bill selling uh, fake jerseys under the uh, under the overpass. All right, this is real stuff. Uh, all of our listeners actually have a chance to win a Jordy Nelson signed football championship trophy. You can check that out on our Twitter page. See a picture of it. it's really cool, a little mini Lombardi award, and uh, actually has uh, Jordy Nelson's autograph on it. Really, really, really cool. Um, all you got to do is uh, head over to pristineauction.com, click register on the top of the page. When you register, use a registration code FAVRE, F-A-V-R-E, and that'll enter you into the contest. As a bonus, Pristine Auction will kick in $10 off your first winning auction. So, guys, you don't even have to place a bid. You don't have to win an auction to enter in that contest. Just register, enter the promo code FAVRE, 
and uh, you'll be entered into that. And, and again, if you do decide to buy something, $10 off your first winning auction. Every item on pristineauction.com comes with a certificate of authenticity from the industry's most reputable authenticators. And that drawing for the Jordy Nelson Trophy will be held Monday, September the 19th. Now, getting into the fourth quarter, Jacob, what stood out to you there as we came down the, the stretch in the fourth quarter? Because I kind of felt like going into the fourth, okay, we've got a shot here. It's a very, very low chance, but we got a shot. But what, what did you think about the fourth there? Yeah, man. I mean, like you said, after that Zedarius, when when uh, Rogers threw the shoulder down, he actually got knocked down a little bit. It came right back up. And even Zedarius seemed like he, he locked eyes with them. They talked the smack. And then Zedarius broke contact. And he looked away first. And Rogers then was like, and you could tell the guys got jacked up. You could see that there was a little momentum swing. And then it just sort of fizzled out and it fizzled out because of the same stuff as to why the beginning of the game fizzled out. It's just, you know, lack of execution. It seemed like they weren't on the same page. And then Rogers starts again with the lack of, I just, I need Rogers to take more of a leader role and he, his, his mannerisms and the way that he, you know, the eye rolls and the, 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 mm -hmm. the stuff, you know, that he shows the, the physical traits you can't tell me that if I can feel that and if you can feel that through the TV, that the guys that are playing there next to him, they don't feel that. You know what I'm saying? So if he just gets a little more positive, a little more rah-rah, I just feel like this would be night and day. And I, I, I want to see that from him. I don't get why I'm during those multiple tripping out sessions that he doesn't be like, maybe if I'm happy, they'll be happy. Maybe if I stop staring at him like I'm shooting daggers through their stomach, maybe they'll be a little more confident, loosen up right. a little bit. So I don't know, man. It's just I love the guy. I like the new Rogers. I like this new vibe I'm getting from him. But there's still certain things where it's like, for how smart you think you are, you seem to be doing some dumb stuff every now and then. So, yeah, I completely agree, man. I do. Um, you know, in the fourth quarter, uh, once again, special teams punt game was great. Um, there were several times that we flipped the field with Pat O'Donnell. I feel really comfortable. Well. Yeah. yeah, looking looking great. So I feel like we've got that aspect buttoned up. Um, Stokes, again, fourth quarter, reemerged, just getting burned all night long. Savage, I've got a note here, wrote, all it says is Savage, and in all caps, horrible. Absolutely <laughs> horrible. I'm eager to see the PFF grade, Jacob, because yeah. I, I, it's one of those things. I'm not going to be surprised if he has a decent PFF grade because that's happened in the past. But also, I'm not going to be surprised if he comes out with a 38, you know. Um, and then, uh, yeah, Rashawn Gary just not being on the field there when, when it mattered the most early in the fourth and even into the late fourth. You know, it's just like – he, he, it's like he reemerged there on the second half of the fourth quarter. It's like, okay, where has he been? And I'm yeah. combing through tweets right now trying to figure out, okay, what happened? I haven't heard anything yet. But uh, how did the fourth shake out for you, man? I know there early in the fourth we were kind of in it. What do you think, you know, in the fourth quarter kind of was like, okay, this thing's over now? I mean, I guess the first, when, I, when I first realized it was over, over, I mean – Honestly, I'm one of those suckers that I'm, I'm still – when Jordan Love was in there, I was still like, if he gets a Hail Mary and then we get a two-point conversion and then if we get a <laughs> – so, I mean, I'm still hanging in there. But I it was probably about when it was, I don't know, seven minutes left, the turnover on downs, I guess, or whatever it was. I guess I – once it seemed like, again, that Roger's body, uh, his, his mannerisms just kind of said I'm done. It was that to me, that was when it was over. And it's it, again, it is funny. You watch that last drive against uh, when Love was in there. He went, I think, like four for four or five for five for like 60 yards. Watson got a good catch. Tunyon got a good catch. And obviously, that's garbage time. So it doesn't really matter. Right, right. Um, I, I, 
that's a hard question, man. I don't know when I actually gave up on the on the game. It just felt like that the players gave up on the game around midway through the fourth quarter and just yeah. kind of decided that it was going to be a, a loss, and they seemed to play that way. Yeah, and when they came out in the second half, I was happy with the energy they brought, right? I felt like, okay, they're going to fight. They're going to fight to the end. But it just all kind of fizzled out, and I, every time we looked up, you know, you had – you, you had both an Agbar and Garvin on the field. There was no Preston Smith. There was no Rashawn Gary. And then on the offensive side, okay, we got our backup tackles in. Okay, this sucks, right? Okay, the, the two biggest playmakers we have on offense, which I talked about in the game plan episode, was, hey, look, we've got to get Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon the ball. We've got to keep them in the game. You To me, this game was to be one in the running game, period, case closed, and run a little play action and come off that. But it, when you get into those first down situations, you decide to pass. It's just like, what are we doing? They're, they're not even going – they literally said, look, we're going to give you the run. I mean, the stats show it. You're, you're yep. talking about Aaron Jones averaging 9.8 yards a carry, A.J. Dillon averaging four and a half. And then even in the receiving game, A.J. Dillon five catches, 46 yards, and so you had Aaron receiver. Jones three catches for 27. What was that? He's our Yeah, Joe, Dillon was our leading receiver. I, I think I mentioned that on our – fantasy podcast that I wouldn't be surprised if Dylan or Jones and I thought more Dylan because everybody's you know the whole uh, projection now is that that Jones is going to be the guy he's gonna be the guy we're splitting out he's gonna get a lot of the passes and I always said you know Dylan just because they didn't force it to him at Boston College they didn't know the guy can catch and he can he's a very good receiver for how big he is and how you know he can really move with the ball so i was not surprised to see that dylan did take a bulk of the receptions at the end of the game there and he caught five balls off of six targets so um and like you said even if you look back at the minnesota seemingly ran away with the game as far as the rushing they had 28 carries 126 total yards we had 18 carries 111 you know what i'm saying we just didn't run as much as they did if you give us even 10 more rushes i bet you we're greatly surpassing that and so that's yeah it is frustrating i think lafleur maybe definitely from what the small uh press conference clip we just you know saw live i think he's acknowledged that you know i think that he's going to go home tonight and that's probably the thing that's going to be sticking with him as he goes to bed is that man i should have used aaron jones more should have used the running game more um, yeah so we'll, and he we'll kind of hopefully yeah, sorry. He kind of took ownership of that too. You know, I don't. I don't think it was a situation where Aaron was going away from him. I think the play calls just when he was going down the play call sheet, he was happy. He happened to be calling plays that just wasn't weren't running plays. I kind of feel like it was on the floor, and I love the fact that both are willing to take responsibility for that. Um, as far as injury updates, you know, Rob Demofsky, this was a couple hours ago before the game was actually over. You know, we talked about Barnes leaving. He left with a lower a lower right leg injury. Uh, they actually put him on put an air cast on him. And um, and carted them off the field. Then earlier you had Keyshawn Nixon with a shoulder injury left, and then you had uh, linebacker Quay Walker um, had a shoulder injury. It said he was questionable to return. Jacob, do you know if he returned or not? I don't think he did. No, I do not believe he did. Gotcha. So we immediately went down to uh, OJ McDuffie, right? <laughs> so, <laughs> I say OJ because yeah, because what what is his name? What's his first name? McDuffie. Uh, uh Isaiah. Isaiah, yeah. OJ McDuffie was the uh, the receiver for the Dolphins, I think. I was gonna 90s. say, okay. <laughs> yeah. Um yeah, so uh, I was trying to comb through here too. I know it was a concussion. It says, yeah, Zach Tom is now at left guard with with while Runyon is being evaluated yes, for a concussion, concussion so, protocol. Yep. So if there's one positive that comes out of those injuries, in my opinion, we've seen Zach Tom can kind of hold his own. Um it, it seems great. 
every time he's on the field, I never feel like he's a liability. We may look at the tape and see a few things and be like, okay, he got blew up there. But on the surface, that's kind of how I feel. But anything else you want to cover before we get to our dogs of the week? Man, it was um, just interesting to see that they used Romeo Dobbs on one of those end rounds as well as Watson. I would have thought that I'd see maybe more Jets motion. I didn't see much of anything from Amari, which I really thought that being that we only carried the two running backs on the team in my head and in a lot of people's heads, to me, that signified that uh, Amari Rogers was going to be doing a lot of jets motions, a lot of sweeps, maybe even some third running back roles and that kind of stuff. I didn't see him in the game. I don't remember a single snap other than doing punt, uh, punt return and kick return. Um, and that being said, like, you know, Dobbs had that one end around kind of sweep for 11 yards. Watson had the one for seven it seemed like we were having success with that. And I don't understand why we weren't doing that more, why we weren't doing more pre-shift, pre-snap motion, that kind of stuff. Um, so that's that's the only thing I'd like to see more of. And I shouldn't say the only thing, but that's one of the things I'd like to see more of. And I was just, overall, I was expecting this defense to come out and wow us. This is supposed to be a top five defense. This looked like <laughs> not a top five defense. That looked like a bottom five defense. That, that did not look good. Yeah, and you know, <clears throat> I know we talked about this on the live stream. Um, I, I never, I never looked at them as a top five defense, and and rightfully so, people do because that's all people have been talking about. It's like this defense is just going to be outstanding. It's going to, you know, it's going to come out and wow. And they were talking about it in camp and this and that. Now, here's the two things you got to put together. Keep in mind, it is our backup tackles, but all camp long, it was pretty much our backup tackles and team drills, right? So, put putting that into perspective, now you're seeing why the defensive line and that defensive front dominated. I mean, the Vikings came out and dominated the offensive line. There was pressure in Rodgers' face all day long. So what it tells you is our offensive line is a little weak, and it's not so much a defensive line. Now, I don't think I don't think we're in a position where they can't be great. I think there's a chance they could be a top ten or maybe even a top five defense. There's just a lot of things that's got to change. And, and and we went up against the the best wide receiver in the game today, and there was not a game not not the best. I'm sorry, one of the best wide receivers in the game, and there was not a game plan. Uh, built around we've got to stop Justin Jefferson. You know, when I did the uh, the game planning episode there on Saturday, that's one of the things I had circled. And one of the key factors was you have got to stop Justin Jefferson. You've got to force him to play left-handed. You've got to. And it just didn't happen, you know, whether it was miscues or just bad bad scheme that was put together. Again, this is one of those games that, that I expected the Packers to lose, but it would have been nice to go up there and get a dub. I definitely – I would be lying to you if I said I expected them to lose this way. I thought it would be, you know, maybe a three-point game, and I wouldn't yeah. have been surprised if the Packers won, right? But uh, yeah. um, All right, let's do it. Let's get to uh, let's get to our segment that we refer to as our dog of the week. And, of course, we get an ad, right? <laughs> right on cue. <laughs> All right, it's time for our dog of the week. Jacob, who is your dog of the week, man? It's a tough loss, but at the same time, man, there were some players that, that did stand out a little bit and that we've got some stuff to build off of. But who is your, your player of the game, your dog of the week? Yeah, mine has to be Quay Walker. Uh, again, the guy was just – he was everywhere. He was flashing around very quick, closed the gaps. He seemed like he was moving laterally very well. He could take on blocks. when he, Like you said, when he, when he tackles people, he seems like he just puts his whole <laughs> – face into their chest and he's like you're mine now and he just drops him and he finished with eight total tackles seven solo for a while there he was 
far and away the uh, leading tackler for the Packers. And then Devondre Campbell ended up becoming the leading tackler for the Packers with 11 total, five solo. But Quay Walker was uh, second with eight, again, total and seven solo. And I just, I pray to the sweet baby Jesus that um, he's fine and that injury is nothing serious because, man, that would just be such a blow right away to that defense. Not only just underperforming in the way that we did, but to have our star number one draft pick have to, for whatever reason, sit out for any amount of time would be just another, again, kick to the, uh, to the, you know, what's. Yeah. And the thing that stood out to me about Quay Walker was he, he flashes more than Devondre Campbell. Devondre Campbell was arguably the second best inside linebacker in all of football last year. And when Quay Walker was beside him on the field, it looked like Quay Walker was twice as quick and twice as violent. I mean, it really, really did. Um, I like what I've seen out of Quay Walker. Let's hope that injury isn't serious for sure. But as far as my dog of the week, it's got to be A.J. Dillon. I mean, the guy did his job, right? Ten carries for 45 yards, averaged four and a half yards a carry, had a touchdown, the only touchdown of the night, right? And uh, he also had five catches for 46 yards and uh, basically averaged 9.2 yards a catch. And on top of that, averaged almost five yards a carry. Like you said, he was our leading receiver tonight. That doesn't surprise me. Uh, you know, another guy to mention, obviously, is Aaron Jones. The fact that he only got five carries just absolutely blows my mind, Jacob. It really does. For I mean, 50 yards? Carries. What's that? For 50 yards? Yeah, five carries for 49 What's crazy is, yeah, five carries for 49 yards, averaging 9.8 yards a carry. But in receiving, he had three catches for 27 yards. So when you average that out, he averaged nine yards per touch, period. That's crazy. Yeah, you've got to feed him the rock. He only touched the ball eight times, and you heard LaFleur say that. You know, like, I, you know, we can't just go into a game, come out of a game with Aaron Jones only getting eight touches. I mean, you've got to. I love A.J. Dillon. And like I said, he's my dog of the week. He kind of carried the load on offense. Again, that's like – you know, saying you're the the stinkiest turd in the punch bowl, you know what I mean, tonight because the offense really, really struggled. But at the same time, A.J. Dillon, I think, is going to be a great player for us. He gets my dog of the week. Got to get Aaron Jones more touches, man. It's just got to happen, period. So uh, what else do you want to cover here before we wrap this big bear up, Jacob? Man, I mean, it's like Roger said, it was just missed opportunities. It wasn't that there wasn't – I'd be way more depressed and, and – I honestly am very happy with the way that I have carried myself throughout the live stream. I didn't cuss that much. Uh, I didn't scream. You did see me go a little bit crazy, uh, body language style, but it, uh, it, uh, it, this game could have been a lot worse. And I think that we need to focus on the fact that there was, again, we should have had a, a, a seven points right away on our first play to our rookie receiver. It would have been a whole different, I mean, you talk about, the sway of a, of a opinion of somebody versus that catch being dropped versus the first touch of the guy's NFL career as a, you know, a 50 yard touchdown or if it was against the Vikings, who knows what the rest of the game looks like after that. Um, that being said, you know, we left a lot of plays out there, like Roger said, and we just need to get better. We need to capitalize on uh, the opportunities that they give us. And I'm not, I'm not freaking out right now by any means. I was I, I would have been and was way more worried last year after that trouncing by the Saints. So this to me is a, a building moment of tomorrow or I should next week if we lose to the Bears, then you might see me start freaking out a little bit. But right, right. I agree. You've you've just got to kind of take this loss 
do like pull a Bill Belichick, go out to behind the practice field, dig a hole, throw the game ball in it, cover it up, move on to Chicago, period. Uh, Matt Schnobman tweeted out a few minutes ago. He said, Jair Alexander said to me and Rob Domofsky postgame on coaches not having him shadow Justin Jefferson, quote, all week I was asking for that matchup, but it ain't about me. It's about the team. It ain't about me. If it was if if it was my way, you know what I would be doing. Um, so I like the fact that he said it's not about me. It's about the team. I, I don't like that he just comes out and says, you know, I was asking for that match. It's kind of like I told you so. Type I, hey, I'm a little was- worried about what's going on with Jair from everything from the admission that he's disgruntled not being a captain to me that looks like Zedarius 2.0 and I don't want that and the fact that again he just now was willing to say and to me uh, we saw in the chat people were like oh Jair is shadowing Jefferson I was like no he's not he's really not he was right he was not shadowing him I'd be surprised if he was on him more than 50 percent of the snaps he was not so you know the Packers don't play a lot of man coverage right they don't um in it, it, the thing that got me though was there were so many times that that Justin Jefferson was in an area where it was only safeties. Period. There was no corner playing. There was no bracket whatsoever. It was just like we're going to treat him like another player on the field, and you got burned. It's just that simple. And what do you do, man? You go back to the drawing board, right? You go back to the drawing board, and you go, okay, look, what did we do good last year? You're gonna you're gonna self scout. You're gonna look at this game plan and go, okay, where did we go wrong? And we're going to be ready for them when we play them later in the year, period. And uh, just to look at the final stat line, first of all, Jordan Love, it was mop-up time, but four or five or 65 yards, um, you know, quarterback rating of 118.8. Again, it's mop-up time, but Jordan Love shows he's he's accurate, and uh, I think he is a serviceable quarterback. Now, Aaron finished 22 of 34 for 195. He only averaged 5.7 yards Jeez. per attempt. Um, or I guess on, on average completion, I should say. One interception, no touchdowns. QB rating of 67.7. Um, we talked about Aaron Jones. Now, here's what's cool. Romeo Dobbs, one carry, 11 yards. Christian Watson, one carry, seven yards. So the end of rounds uh, did add, add a little bit of trickery, but at the same time, the game was kind of out of touch. You can't really go to that much at that point. Um, receiving, A.J. Dillon, like we said, led the way. Then you had Romeo Dobbs, four catches, 37 yards. Bob Tunyon, three catches for 36 yards. Christian Watson, two for 34. Should have been three for 112. (laughs) But, uh, again, Christian Watson was targeted four times, only had two catches. Um, Yeah. Romeo Dobbs, though, man, that gives me a lot to look forward to there simply because he was targeted five times, made four catches. Um, Josiah DeGuar got a little bit involved, two catches for 28 yards um, on two targets. But, uh, yeah. Randall Cobb, man, I thought Randall would would play a bigger I, role in this game. Two yeah. catches for four, for fourteen yards, man. That's just uh, just not going to get it done, my man. So, that being said, you got anything else you want to add, brother? No, let's just uh, we we told each other we're going to try and stay positive, and honestly, we there's no reason to be <laughs> negative right now. It's just it's it's right. game week one. It was a tough game. We all like we said. Uh, I projected a loss. Clayton projected a loss, and then now we're sitting here. We can't be mad. That it's a loss. Surprised that we lost, right? Yeah, it's you know. funny how that works. Um, yeah, I'm, yeah. Go ahead. Now that being said, I just you know I'm ready. I want to see how we react because, like you said, it's it's adversity. How we react to that? If we uh, next week, I haven't even looked. Are we at Chicago or at home? We are actually at home. It's going to be Sunday night football, so it'll be a seven twenty Central, eight twenty oh, Eastern kickoff. We'll, um, we'll be fine if we can go back home, beat the Bears, get Rogers to you know 
settle in, get maybe Watson his first touchdown, get Dobbs his first touchdown, get these guys, shake the bugs off, let them see what it's like to actually play at Lambeau versus going into the Devils Stadium there, and we'll see how that works. <laughs> exactly. I completely agree, man. Everything's going to be fine, guys. Listen, hopefully we wasn't too down. Again, kind of kind of projected a loss, um, especially with all the missing pieces. We're going to be fine. We're going to be just fine. We'll be back um, on Tuesday. We may have a Chalk Talk episode for you on Tuesday. If not, we'll do that on Thursday. But regardless, we will be back with Packers Total Access on Tuesday. Jacob, when is your uh, next uh, fantasy podcast going to drop? You'd have to ask Ryan for sure. We're going to record tomorrow, um, give okay. a recap of the Sunday games, uh, a little preview of the Monday game. It probably would release either Tuesday or Wednesday. Uh, we're shooting for at the very least one a week, obviously, but we're trying to hopefully do two, maybe have something released on a Tuesday, Wednesday, and maybe like a Friday, Saturday, just to get ready for, to recap the week prior and then to get ready for the upcoming week kind of thing. So, Gotcha. Gotcha, brother. Well, listen, guys. Again, if you're listening to this on podcast form, first of all, if you if you tuned in with us live, we really appreciate your time. Thank you for hanging out on the live stream tonight as well. Some of y'all have been with us longer than you, you've seen us more than you've seen your family today, and we appreciate you. But um, if you're listening to this podcast on Monday morning, have a great day. It's not the end of the world. We're going to rebound. We're going to go back and uh, study the film. We're going to get better, right? And uh, going to get a little bit healthier next week too. Who knows? Maybe we got our tackles back next week. And the goal is to absolutely boat race the Bears. All this frustration, let's take it out on them. And on top of that, you know, you're probably going to get the best Aaron Rodgers you've seen in a while because uh, he's going to be a little bit hungry. I guarantee you that. But with that being said, as always, let's go out and be the change we want to see in the world. Go Pack Go. Third down, to go. Good meter. 17 to 14. Cowboys out in front. Star.